Welcome to the Help for Wounded Spirits. This podcast exists to reach those wounded and suffering through life's trials. And now your host, Dr. Doug Carriger. Great to be back with you folks again. We cherish the opportunity to come across your airways and be with you on this day to have a community of people wanting to hop in God's word and see what it has to say about those of us who deal with these hard things, these things that just uh, drive us crazy. Maybe it's PTSD. Maybe you've had your heart breaking, uh, broken. Maybe it's a bad day. I don't know, but I'm glad we can look at God's word and discern what he has to say about this. So we've been doing this exegetical study now for a while, going through the book of Proverbs. And with me again is my buddy, Kevin. Kevin, good morning to you. How are you? Good morning. I'm doing well today, brother. Thank you for letting me come on again. Ah, it's a pleasure. You know, so Wednesday when I was a kid was Prince Spaghetti Day back at home. And then Thursday, so they had Prince Spaghetti noodles up there in New England. So some of the people up in New England said, I know what he's talking about. It's kind of like Mueller noodles or something like that. It's just a brand, but there was these great commercials. Wednesday was Prince Spaghetti Day. He said, Doug, it's Thursday. I know it's Thursday. Thursday was Prince Lasagna Day. So the idea was you'd buy their spaghetti noodles and you'd have leftover sauce. And so Thursday was Prince Lasagna Day. And let me tell you something. Uh, Thursday was a mighty good day. I was a lasagna guy. So happy Thursday to you folks out there. We picked a word. And so, but anyway, there was this commercial and they used to go, Anthony, you talk about going after an ethnic name like that. And I'm half Italian and half Irish and a little bit of this, a little bit of this. I have to fight with myself every day. But anyway... (laughs) They'd be on TV and they'd be, Anthony, spaghetti time. It's Prince Spaghetti Day. And you'd see Anthony running through the streets and leaping over uh, Renola cars and stuff like that to get home to eat that spaghetti. But I want to leap over whenever we go. Yeah, it's just terrible. But here we are. Commercials mess you up. Then. But here we are. And, brother, I'm telling you, the word of today, it's a difficult one. Kevin and I were just talking about it. Folks, it's illness and Boy, we deal with those things. You know, just uh, tomorrow I have a dentist appointment. Uh, Kevin had a doctor's appointment. Everybody, you can look at your calendar, there's something on there. And uh, these old bodies, you know, they're just not, uh, they're just, they, you know, that three-year, 36,000-mile warranty, it's gone. It's run out on most of us. And here, You know, there's no extended warranty on me. I mean, that's it. You know, what God has given me. And, and Paul dealt with this very thing, Brother Kevin. Paul dealt with this very thing, Kevin. He said, and and he said unto me, my grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. So God, when he gives us those illness and we're in that weakness, God's grace is sufficient. His strength is made perfect through that. Most gladly, therefore, this is what the apostles say in here, most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. So, folks, when we look at illness, when we're going through these times, don't only look at, well, I have this chronic thing, you know, I have to take this pill for it, I'm going through this, I'm going through that. Look at it as this trial, this thing I'm going through. God, use that somehow to make me closer to you 
and to allow me to help other folks get closer to you. You know, it's like that First Corinthians 12, Kevin, about, you know, we go through these things so that we can share what we've been through and how we came out the other end with people we can help them. And I think that's what Paul's saying here. You know, the Bible says he went to God three times. He went to him three times and said, God, can you take this from me? Can you take this from me? Can you take this from me? And God's answer is my grace is sufficient. I'm going to take that weakness you got, that terrible junk you're going through, and man, I'm going to, I'm going to look good through this. And isn't that what it's all about, Kevin? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Finding purpose in, in struggles and illnesses. Um, I, I, you know, I, I, I'm in a motor home and, um, yeah, right now I'm in this, I mean, it's beautiful coach. It's a 2012, it's 10 years old. So it's, it's starting to show the, 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 the signs of being a full-time dwelling place for, you know, they call them full-time RVers. That's people that live in a motor coach or an RV or a camper full-time. And when you go to sell it, uh, if you can say it's never been a full time, it's never been full timed in. That means it's not been abused and it doesn't have all these right. pro- yeah. these problems. So here I am. And I, uh, last week or the other day, I was in Dallas and actually in Grand Prairie. And I actually smashed part of the skin of this motor coach and it's, oh. it was pretty well pristine, but when the airbags lowered, you got to let the air out of the airbags in order to level the coach. I didn't realize there was some, a bunch of, there's a pile of wood that I was oh. parked over and it settled onto it, just crushed and crinkled the bottom edge of the skin. And it just, it, and you know what? I, I was sick. I was sick. It, I, I was, I was like uh, the loss, uh, you know, it can never be the same. And my son said, we'll go to a body shop. Yeah. I I'll go and pay a thousand dollars probably to have this thing, you know, rolled out, fixed, bondoed and repainted and clear coated. But you know, uh, I don't know what I'm going to do, but the fact is, you know, our bodies are the same way. Jesus said, a, a coach, a, a thing is subject to moth rust and, and, and thieves and corruption, yeah. our body, our bodies are the same way. And yeah. here, you know, yesterday, um, got to preach for a guy whose wife's got cancer and it's serious and they're not old people, you know, they're maybe 70. And as, uh, we went to eat at a, a nice restaurant afterwards there in town. And she, you know, um, she, bless her heart. She was wearing gloves because she can't keep her hands warm because the chemo or the immunotherapy, one of the two, she's, she's yeah. doing both. Uh, she's done radiation before she's done the whole nine yards, but you know, she's, she said, I've got neuropathy in my hands and feet <sighs> as a result. And I said, is it permanent? She said, yes, it's permanent. Lord help and her. you know, it just makes you sick. And, and imagine if you're that way, you know, here, you know, the body of my motor home crinkles and I'm just sick. Can you imagine when you realize your body has a chronic illness and I may not recover from this. I mean, I may go to glory with this and it's never going to be like it was. That is traumatizing, brother. Yeah, um, and you got to, you got to what you're saying, brother. You got to go to God. I mean, where yeah. do you go when you're wearing those gloves? Where do you go when you know you know what you know. You, you know, they, they may, God willing, they'll heal this woman of this terrible cancer. 
but she's got these gloves and stuff, but boy, can God use her. Yeah. You know, God can use her brother. Mm. Yeah. And she was a tremendous testimony to me. In fact, as I was leaving, I said, I want you to know God used your testimony to uh, me because, because number one, she didn't have to go out in public, but she wanted to go with a missionary. You know, I, I yeah. preached, I presented my work. It went really well. God got in it. Tremendous response. And she just was really encouraged. And so she was being encouraging her. It, you know, I felt good that maybe because I preached a little bit, God was bigger in her eyes than before. And that's always the goal. And if, if God grew in her eyes to the point, she said, you know what? I don't care about my trauma. I don't care about what I'm going through. I look really bad. I've got a horrible rash all over my face. She didn't look horrible by the way, but you know, she did say that she doesn't like to be seen in public, but yet she made it a point yesterday to go out and, uh, and her husband and I were both saying, you know, you, you look great. You look beautiful. And, and she does, she, she shines with the, the glory of Jesus. But, but like you said, it's because she's doing the right thing. She's praying and saying, God, give me grace. As I said about my task today, and my task is I'm going to go love on this person. I'm going to go, I'm going to have to show my face. I'm going to have to walk through a valley. I'm going to have to do something that's way outside my comfort zone, despite my trauma. And as she does it, the joy, you can just tell the joy increased in her life. Mm. And I'm just so, so, uh, in admiration of this dear gal. Yeah. And, and, and folks just taking what God gives you, you know, and, and being able to use it to help some folks. And, and I, you know, I often think to myself, you know, I had a broken neck, a collapsed lung, a broken eye socket. You know, I, God only knows what all the things that were wrong when I smashed my head. And, and I'm going to tell you something. I deal with some chronic things, nothing like the, what this lady's going through. But I've decided in my life, like this lady, I'm just going to keep going. You know, I had a doctor four years ago say, hey, Doug, listen, here's a form. Uh, just file it. You'll get social security disability the rest of your life. And I took that form right in front of him and I ripped it up and said, now I'm still in the game. I'm still in the arena. I'm still going. And that's what it's all about folks. And it's not by anything I've done. It's God being able to work through this lady. It's God being able to work through you. It's finding that peace, knowing that God has this for us so we can help other people. These things I have spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation. Those trials are going to be there. These health problems are going to be there. But I like what God says at the end of John 16, 33. He says, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. And, uh, and folks, I am so glad there's ladies like this one that Kevin got to go out to eat with her and her husband. I'm so glad there's people in my life and, and folks, people like you who are listening to this broadcast right now, who get up in the morning when things are going bad, when your head's dragging off the ground, when your voice is quivering, you go in there and talk to that boss. When, when your life is upside down, when you're eight and a half months pregnant, going to work, taking care of your family, uh, when you're, when you're dragging these things behind you, let me tell you what, God's working through your friends. He's doing a work in you. And I am so thankful uh, that I get to know people like you. Hey, listen, we're going to run over and let the radio stations do what they do. And we're going to be right back in Proverbs 28. So hang in there.
Thanks for hanging with us, Kevin. We find ourselves in Proverbs 28, the 28th proverb in verse number 12. And we continue on looking at these things. It says, when righteous men do rejoice, there is great glory. But when the wicked rise, a man is hidden. <laughs> you know what comes to my mind when someone righteous who's doing the right thing and has always done that, you feel so good and you see them mm-hmm. just do really well in life. And, and, and boy, God, like Tim Tebow, I, I'm a fan. You know, here's this righteous guy who's having these uh, shows all over America for people with Down syndrome and upside down. He's having proms for him. He goes and speaks at him. He gets hairdressers to come in and people to give out free dresses and suits. And he fits these people and he gives it, brings these parents in and they're treated like celebrities and he loves on everybody. And, and, and then he goes and he goes to these homeless kids and stuff and he, and, and people considering getting abortions. And he says, you know, my mom, was told by the doctor, you know, uh, to get an abortion. I was never going to be okay, and I won a national championship playing football. And and, and God's done these things in my life. And, and and listen to God. Do what God tells you. I read the other day. He got a multi million dollar book deal. I read something else not too long ago that he married a former Miss America contestant, one of the most beautiful ladies on God's green earth. And I'm rejoicing. Yeah. But when I hear about the wicked. Boy, I just want to hide my head and say, why do the wicked always get it? But then God reminds us that the wicked get rained on just like the good folks. I mean, Kevin, what are you thinking? Yeah, sometimes the wicked rise because of their wickedness and, you know, through oppression, through um, unjust means. That's where that's where it's difficult. Yeah, you know where it says a man is hidden when the wicked rise, a man is hidden. You know, when the righteous do rejoice, there's great glory, but when the wicked rise, a man is hidden. So, um, you know, when when the opposite of what you described is the case and there's a bunch of people that have, you know, when when it's a mob mentality where the where the evil people kind of take over, you know, the loonies take over the asylum, the the criminals take over the prison or the the wicked people take over the country. The White House. Yeah. 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 You know, it's, 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 I compare it to a hijacking. You know, I've never been on the plane that was hijacked. Praise God. I know after 9 11, every time I flew, I thought, is this good? Is this a hijacker? Is that a hijacker? Um, and none of them were hijackers. Praise God. But, um, you know, when, when there's a hijack, when someone is taken over the helm of something and when someone's ruling, you know, the good people just kind of sit back and they're quiet. Like, I'm going to be careful because, you know, they're going to come after me. I, re- I remember I talked recently because of the wickedness that's in office and the the um, the using of, of federal agencies for, you know, for to, to cover their own tracks. Uh, there are there, there's a lot of people that are not speaking out about things and not to make this political, but I remember talking on the phone recently and I, you know, I threw out, you know, a word is just a normal word FBI. And I just thought to myself, okay, is that going to be flagged? Well, you know, we shouldn't have to think that way. And that's just a, you know, a symptom of being in a society where the wicked rise. And, uh, you know, I guess, to, to some degree, everyone's a little bit traumatized right now because every time you turn around and see, you know, good people being beaten down, you just kind of have second thoughts about, you know, what am I going to do? Should I, you know, should I, should I die on this hill or not?
and we and we always got to do what's right for God and have that righteous indignation. And that's such a good yeah. point. You know, the the reality is when the wicked come to power, you know, there's so many people that hide. But that's that's a time when we stand. We do rejoice with with these people who are are doing the right thing and who are righteous and and speaking and, and things of that nature. And and sadly. We're all the same way. We hide from these knuckleheads that are moving up. And then we go to that next verse. And, and, and I mean, just a very familiar verse here. It says, he that covereth his sins shall not prosper, but whosoever confesseth and forsaketh them shall have mercy. And, and so, again, it's talking about these people who conceal their sins. You know, these people who cover things up ever since Adam and Eve. You know, one sin changed the entire world. One sin messed everything up. One sin turned the entire world around. Uh, but, you know, it's a natural instinct, unfortunately, for, uh, for people to want to cover up their sins. They feel dirty. And, and that's what sin is. It's anything that takes away or it's different than the nature of God and what he has for us. We feel dirty. We feel weird. And it, it's against nature uh, to, you know, for us to do what God has us do, which is confess it and, and, and forsake it. And, uh, you know, just say to repent, just to go to God and say, God, I, I goofed, you know, and, and I did this and I sinned against you, the most high God. And, and when you mean it, I mean, and sometimes you're crying when you're talking to God, when you do something like this. And, and, and sometimes you got to go out and reconcile with people when you sin against them. But I'll tell you, when you mean it, when it changes direction, man, God gives mercy, hides that sin, Kevin, as far as the east is from the west. Isn't it a great thing that we get to go to him and just repent? Mm, yes, that, there's healing that comes with repentance, isn't there? Um, you, you know, I, 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 one of the churches we planted, I went back to it. And another, you know, I turned the church over and there was a uh, soldier attending the church. Um, and this soldier had been deployed. Actually, he got deployed. So I did not see him after the, I saw him before the deployment. OK, for the deployment. Picture this. He had been to Bible college. He had actually been to Ambassador Baptist College mm-hmm. and um, and uh God knew his Bible, loved the Lord, had a sweet wife, sweet family, went to Korea. I don't know what happened in Korea. I really don't. But I do know this. When he came back after that one year of unaccompanied hardship tour, when he came down the uh, jet ramp, the the church, his wife, everyone gathered to meet, meet him. Get this. He walked past him and said, don't talk to me. He came home and avoided them completely. And you know what? He, his marriage fell apart. Obviously it, he's, he's divorced. His, his wife's remarried. It's just a terrible, terrible situation, but you know, he didn't, he, he failed with the grace of God is what happened. So let's just say he went over there where prostitution is legal, right? Korea. Let's, let's, let's say that he, he failed and he, he sinned against God. He sinned against his wife and he went into uh, a house of ill repute or what, however it works over there. They came to her. Well, he might've got a, he might've got a queen for a year. I mean, he may have, you know, he may have. Oh yeah. So he may, and I'm sorry to use that term, but there's a term for, 
there, there's a lot of godly good women that get stationed in Korea and a lot of godly good men who never fall. I was among them. And, uh, but then there's men and women who, um, you know what Kevin's talking about, you know, get yeah. caught up and have a relationship and, you know, commit adultery and they're not willing to exactly what you're talking about, brother. Repent, yeah, I, turn away from, forsake it, get mercy. I'm guessing he had moral failure, and yeah. you know the the first thing that went was his joy. Uh, you know, he came home, he was miserable. He walked past people, no smile on his face, and uh, he he lost it. And and I, you know, I, as I look back and kind of try to help other people with that, I try. In fact, when I was preaching yesterday, I was dealing with that very thing, not that person. And I didn't mention that as an illustration, but it would have been a good illustration. Joyfulness comes, like you said, from, from repentance, if you've got moral failure, but the joyfulness is unmerited. How many times do people say this, brother Doug, I shouldn't be joyful with what I've done, or I shouldn't be joyful with what's happening now. And people look at their their moral failure, the trauma of moral failure, the devil hoodwinked them and, and tempted them and they fell. Well, it happens to all of us. And to some degree, sometimes, yeah. you know, we, we just, we, we, you know, given a temptation in some area, whether it's lose our cools, you know, or say something that's not the most kind, but, um, you know, the response to that should never be, I can't be, joyful. I can't, I can't pick up and go on, go forward because I don't deserve to No, there's grace greater than my sin. There's grace greater than my circumstances and his mercies are new every morning as, as when I get up in the morning, how often times does God give me joy out of nowhere? And I, I talk myself out of it, Brother Doug, and I say, wait a minute, I shouldn't be joyful with what's taking place, or I shouldn't be joyful because I failed God yesterday. Yeah, been either there. way, yeah, either way, that's that's failing at the grace of God. In other words, God gave grace with with joy in the morning. You know, what's the Bible say? The joy of the Lord is your strength. So in, in Nehemiah chapter eight. So I've got strength given from God. But instead, I talk myself out of it and say, nope, don't deserve it. Grace, and God's, grace, God's <laughs> grace. Grace, grace that, is that is greater. How does that go? Grace that is yeah, greater than all. Our sin. Yeah. Folks, listen, I hate to say this, but here we are right up against the time. What a great example. And, and folks, that could have been handled. People are going to fall, and we should never go over and do something like that. Uh but listen, if you're one of those people that are walking around in guilt and your family's being torn apart and your life's upside down, and sadly, the most important thing, your relationship with God is kaput, well, you trust in that grace. You go to him and you say, God, you know, this is what I did. Lay it out. And then you go tell that other person, I did this to you. I've sinned. I sinned against God. I've got right with God. Now I need to get right with you. And man, God's mercy shows up. And whew, uh, that's when it gets really good. Listen, we love you folks, and we hope you're having a great day. And and uh, make sure you listen to every word Eric's got to say. And, and uh, hey, when you go out there today with that smile that only God can give you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. It is very important to all of us at Help for Wounded Spirits that you know your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. 
The Bible is very clear with a simple salvation message. You can know today. First, you're a sinner, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, there's a price on sin, for the wages of sin is death. Third, Jesus paid that price for you. But God commendeth his love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Lastly, you must speak it with your mouth, and believe it with your heart, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made known unto salvation. Simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart, and he will. Please contact us if we can help you in any way. God bless you. For helpful resources, more information, or to donate to help this vital ministry, visit us at WoundedSpirits.com.